Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. What would you do if your life turned upside down? Today's episode is a recording of an Instagram Live I had with Laura Nolan Horgan, founder of interiors and lifestyle business LNH Edit, soon after the business launched earlier this year. No stranger to fashion and retail, Laura worked in the industry for many years and traveled the world for the family business and also an international retailer. But discovering the BRCA1 gene in 2017 and falling pregnant at the same time, her outlook changed and new challenges arose. A double mastectomy and hysterectomy followed. Spending many months recuperating, Laura's home became her sanctuary and the idea and inspiration behind LNH Edit began to form. Laura's mantra is life is for living and she wanted to build a business on her terms. Today we chat business, family, life and resilience. joining this evening and it's really fun to talk about your obviously you've set up your business this year after a couple of years thinking about it and but to talk about your background how you came to it the challenges you faced in between so I think if you for the people that don't know you or don't know your background if you just give a bit of information in terms of you know where you started and not necessarily the business but what's your background and how you came to then set up Bell and H. Yeah, sure. Um, so I come from a family of um, entrepreneurs. My mom set up uh, a company in 1974 um, and she is a designer. So she set up her own women's wear brand. It was extremely successful. It was called Regine and uh, she wholesaled it internationally um, and she had concessions in the likes of Brian Thomas and um yeah, so she she had a really good business. And after I finished school, it was always there ticking in my mind. I was born with that kind of creative streak that she has. And uh, I now actually see it in my daughter and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, let's focus on the maths, but the crayons away. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, it's a tricky one. Anyway, um, so I went to college and I did marketing and I was convinced that I wanted to be a journalist that's what I wanted to do so mm-hmm. after I finished my degree my mom was like why don't you just come in and work with me for a summer so 11 years later I left wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah it was I so I don't have a fashion degree but um I basically was very hands-on and kind of learned uh learned my way around the whole fashion uh business so we um we're lucky enough in, so eventually the business evolved into Fran and Jane and I was the creative director there. Um, and at one stage we had like t- between stores and concessions, we had about 20 uh, stores and concessions and about 200 staff. Um, we manufactured all our own clothing label. We had, uh, we also bought other labels in to uh, sit alongside um, our collections. Uh, we wholesaled, we retailed, we had concessions. 
Um, we did our shows in London um, and Paris. We, I did all the buying. Um, we did the fabric fairs, the whole shebang. So it was like a complete... Uh, Immersion, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? Wasn't in, yeah, that you were involved in absolutely everything with that then. Absolutely everything. And uh, I, as great as it was an experience, it was quite stressful. Um, we kind of navigated the business through the recession. Like the 10 years that I was there were probably through the 10 toughest years in Irish history of business. Mm-hmm. Um, and every day was a challenge, like a serious, serious challenge. So um, I enjoyed it as in it, like parts of it were amazing. And for somebody of my age to have the experience that I had was incredible. But we probably expanded so quickly through the good days and then it just turned really quickly. And we had a very small um, head office, very small, like we'd no HR mm-hmm. team. Uh, yeah. We had no merchandisers. So we did everything basically ourselves. So it was mom and I were doing all the designing and the buying together. Um, so yeah, it was full, it was full on. And then I started my family and mom got to a stage where she just kind of had enough. Um, so we decided to kind of wind down Fran and Jane and I did a timeout. Um, and in that timeout, I just did a bit of consulting and styling and that was quite nice. But then I suppose after a while, I just didn't love the side of kind of working on my own with no product. Um, so I joined Primark then. Uh, where <laughs> and so for people that don't know, that's how Laura and I met. So I, Laura and I both worked on the homewares department when we were at Primark. So yeah, um, it's great to be able to meet yeah. you there. And yeah. so how long were you in Primark then? I wasn't even a year. I was 11 months, I think, and like 20 days or something. So I didn't make it to my year mark, which is terrible. Um, but I loved, I loved my time in Primark. It gave me, um, it gave me the buzz for the industry back again. That mm-hmm. would be, I don't know, like what I learned that, like I learned in Primark that what I did in Fran and Jane was insane. That like, <laughs> you're supposed to have loads of different teams to do all these things. Like you don't. And I found not having the control over everything very difficult in Primark. You know, the fact that I was given one specific role and that was it. I was to buy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't to do any of the merchandising. And every time all the, board went into meetings I was like why like why aren't they sharing all this information like surely I should know what's happening in board meetings so I find that bit um I find that bit a bit of a challenge in Primark but in the end um it just it was like uh there was just lots going on at home that it just Mm -hmm. wasn't uh it wasn't to be for me to stay there long term but I did uh I loved it like the team we were on like we actually had such fun as well and I suppose that spark was kind of gone towards the end of Fran and Jane. You know, it was really, they were really tough days towards the end. So I'm very grateful to Primark, to the team and um, to, yeah, just for giving me the spark back because it definitely did. And I think as well, it helps you recognise. So I think, like you said, when you kind of finished up with Fran and Jane, it was during a difficult time for for that business at the time with the recession. But then you got to see, like you say, with... um, with Primark then what it was that made that set your soul on fire still do you know what I mean and what you yeah. were still passionate about the things that you wanted yeah. to be involved in and we talked about a little bit before we had before we came on tonight about um 
the challenges that you faced and um, before you started your business and obviously you're like a lot of people you juggle family and you juggle um, you juggled your career but you had some extra challenges that some people may not face and hopefully don't you know and hopefully you know don't face would you yeah. like to share a little bit about yeah. that yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely has uh, I wouldn't say it's defined me but it has definitely changed uh, absolutely everything about me so um, after I left uh, Primark God it was probably weeks after I left uh, I found out that I carry I found out actually that I was expecting my third child and that I carried the BRCA1 gene so Essentially, that means I have a much higher uh, chance of getting ovarian or breast cancer, like 70 or up to about 60% ovarian cancer and like 90% breast cancer. So um, unfortunately, the two years that followed were basically all different uh, aspects of what the, of BRCA. So I had... Um, a double mastectomy and reconstructive surgery. I had a full hysterectomy, my ovaries removed. Um, it was, yeah, it was an, a really, really um, tough two years. But the silver lining, there's always a silver lining. It gave me so much time to kind of come back, reassess, mm -hmm. figure out. Um, it gave me so much time with my family as well. Obviously, none of it was, I wasn't very well for it, but... Um, it made me kind of figure out like what I really wanted to do in life and what really mattered. Yeah. And um, I suppose maybe take the pressure off myself a good bit. You know, I was always, I'm a kind of, I'm a bit of a people pleaser. So I will, which is something that uh, I wish I wasn't, you know, it's not, it's yeah. not a good trait to have. Like I will never say no to anybody. I will always bend over backwards to make other people as kind of happy as possible and when you're like in a buying office you have to learn to say no or when you're yes. in this career you need to be kind of a bit tougher so I think since going through that journey I've now started to put myself first and my family first so that is definitely something that um, I am pleased to say that I can now do um, I also um, figured out that the, even though fashion and interiors and all that buying world is so fast and such a fast pace, it actually, it was one of the things that was holding me back from setting up my own business was I just did not want to get back into that game again. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be the fast, but like I did a module with Enterprise Ireland and I think the module was nearly five years, maybe not quite that long, but it basically studied all the theories of the Zara fast fashion and how to get as fast as you could. And now I'm like, okay, well, I know how to do that. So I'm going to do the exact opposite because <laughs> I don't want, like, I just... I think the whole world, though, is doing it now. I think everything has kind of changed. I think people are focusing more on sustainable and, um, you know, ethical and everything has just become a bit slower and people are yeah. appreciating things more. And so maybe it wasn't just my journey that got me here. It's probably a bit of, well, I went from two years of that in straight into COVID pretty much. So yeah. I'm very relaxed. <laughs> and so you're so ready to get out in the world again when um, COVID is finished, you know, when the pubs are back open and the restaurants are back open again. So yeah. you, 
So you had um, Hugo, your young, isn't it? You had so, Hugo, Toby. Toby. Yeah, yeah, Toby's my youngest. So I had um, Toby and uh, Toby was 10 weeks old and I had my first operation. So I had, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the first operation was a hysterectomy and my ovaries and everything, which threw me into the menopause, which is great. Yeah. Um, with a uh, young family in tow and uh, then a year later, I had a double mastectomy and reconstructive surgery. So I'm a year now uh, post that. So, And how do you, I mean, when I see you on Instagram and I see you, um, and I know not everyone is, you are authentic on Instagram and, you know, you're, you're, you are, but you're very positive as well. And I know that you have, there are days that maybe that you aren't. And, but how do you keep yourself um you know, you obviously have a lot of resilience and must have a strong mindset. How do you keep yourself focused on the positive and not some of the things that you've had to go through? Or is it because you've gone through those that you are positive? It's a funny one. I get asked that all the time. So I have such a BRCA community on uh, Instagram and I try, and it's not even that I put on a brave face because if you go back through my stories, I decided Mm. to share my journey with BRCA because I wanted to see somebody else who'd come out of the forest who had a young family and that was kind of still able to do their day-to-day like be normal and because the if you read up on things it's so frightening as to all the side effects that all these surgeries put you through so I just wanted to know that you could still you know exercise and that you weren't going to be so I don't know. Anyway, lethargic and whatever. So um, that's why I shared my journey. But if you look at my journey, there are days where that I am yeah. really low and I am dragging. And actually, I find Instagram such a, a, a platform that like an amazing platform that really helped me. I find like probably talking to my family nearly harder than talking to Instagram. You know, it was kind of strange. Did you, did you feel that when you were talking to your family that you had to be yeah, I'm fine. Never, you know, did you have to feel more positive than, you know, did you have to put on a bit more of a positive face than you're actually feeling? Yeah, definitely. I really did. Like, um, I suppose my husband probably not so much. He got the brunt of everything, but uh, <laughs> to the, and my mum probably, but the, to the rest of my family, definitely I was brave face, happy face on all the time. And especially God in front of the kids, I would never kind of let my guard yeah. down for them. Um, so Instagram was kind of my just like my therapy you know it was mm-hmm. uh, I find it really really helpful um so yeah that, that that I think helped but I I am quite resilient I think I figured that out and I am strong um I figured that out too I never would have called myself those things but I actually have figured out now that I I genuinely am I have a very strong mind like I don't um thankfully I don't really suffer with uh too many dark days like I mm-hmm. I always tend to put my best foot forward and I always see positives in everything so I don't know how maybe it's because of those days in Fran and Jane that were so challenging we were constantly digging deep and um do you know figuring, and things, out. Like, figuring things out like every day was a challenge so you get any like especially working in production you just were constantly thrown in like production people think you know designing clothes and manufacturing is oh it's lovely but actually when you have to get like the thread the lining the dra- the fabric the patterns the markers um the hangers the labels like everything in the one factory at the one time it's like mind-blowing something goes wrong every minute you know so you're just constantly uh problem solving 
And I think it was the training through that maybe that has kind of helped, but um, it definitely, I'd say, well, that experience stood to me. So you set up LNH Edit, the an interiors and lifestyle website in, was it February this year that it launched? It was the 27th of February. So it's so new, like so new, little baby. But um, it kind of exploded uh, like on the first day. I like as a buyer, as you know, you never get it right at all. And um, for every time you buy too much, you like you're getting in trouble because you overbought, and then you sell out, and it's you're the world's worst because you didn't buy enough. So you never win being a buyer. But um, I guess I just didn't have a clue really as to what the reaction would be like, and it was a long time coming. It was probably uh, I'd say it was March the previous year that I started, and I kept pulling myself back, not because of self-doubt. It was just because I wanted to figure it out in a way that would be as slow as possible yeah. and that I could work it around my family and uh, just not get stuck back into, because when I do things, I tend to put my whole self and heart into everything. So I just didn't want to do that. I just didn't want this to consume me again. I wanted to make it as... On your terms on my terms as possible. Now, mm-hmm. I was looking back, that might have been uh, like a bit optimistic. I haven't quite figured that out yet. Um, but it's, I'm getting there. Like it, it probably, I didn't think the demand was probably going to be as big as it is, which is amazing. But at the same time as a one man band, I'm like, oh God, the pressure's on. Um, but I'm figuring it out. <laughs> and there's been some lovely comments as you've been talking, just oh. um, Amy Jean saying that you were the best mentor ever. I presume someone that you've worked with in Fran and Jay. Oh, and Fatty yeah. Fortish, who's saying that her goodies arrived today from oh. LNH and that they're amazing, that they're beautiful. Oh. But I'm waiting for mine as well. So hopefully mine will come oh. in the next day. Yeah. But um, so you started thinking about the, the business the year before. And was it, did you have in your mind that it was going to be an interiors business? And I know that there's there, there's other new things coming and you have new things coming down the line. Yeah. But um, how did you how did you decide on the the kind of format that you have, the product ranges that you have? And take us a take us through a bit of your process in terms of are you designing it with the manufacturers? You know, um, some of the products are you're creating some of the products that you're buying off the shelf. You know, go through a little bit about kind of what's in the in the range. Yeah. So I suppose from a really young age, you know, um, being around my mom and designing and everything, it's always just it's in our blood, you know, and we both have a love for fabrics, like probably my happiest memories um, with uh, on buying trips would be um, in Paris, you know, buying fabrics and doing all the fairs. And um, I just love textures and the whole thing. So uh, when I started, it had to be around fabric, you know, that was my thing. But I just, I was, I kept pushing myself away from fashion. I was like, I just, it's still raw, you know, it was just, it was just a lot, like Fran and Jane was a lot. So I was trying, and I just didn't want to get into buying collections again or designing collections and it being so vast and so big. I wanted something that was like, I, I contemplated knitwear because I was like, maybe I could do, you know, some nice pieces of knitwear, but, but they wouldn't change that much each season. You would just change color. And I wanted to make it as easy as possible for me, but a luxury kind of something nice. So this kept going and going. And uh, 
I've really nice again fond memories of our we lived in a lovely Georgian house when we were growing up and my mom's interior eye is amazing and uh, I actually started an interiors course when I um, before I went into Primark um, I never finished it but I did uh, in Griffith College and I loved it um, and interiors has always been something that I've always done for all my friends like they're they're uh, it's just something that I love and kind of naturally comes to me so I was always torn between the two and but one thing I was sure I wanted to do was I wanted to sell a product I was I just didn't want to sell like not sell myself but I didn't want to be an interior designer I didn't want to be a stylist again I didn't I just I as mad as this may seem like I actually am a bit shy sometimes you know and I find it really difficult um styling people and I I find that more difficult than if I could just you know if I could sell a product or whatever it would just suit me more so I went down the road then of um like obviously COVID came and we were all at home and I started like setting tables loads and uh it's something that my mom has always been really into and I remember like growing up as a child like she'd have these dinner parties and the tables would be planned like a good two weeks in advance and she'd be ordering the centerpieces and the whole thing um so it was always something and then it was my mom who suggested it to me she was like look Laura I think you know there's a market here for it and blah blah so we started to investigate it and as we were investigating the whole tabletop thing exploded and I was like forget it I'm not doing it I've been beaten to it never mind so I was stopping and I kind of announced on and I'd gotten so far like I had all my sampling in um, I had like all my suppliers kind of sourced. I had everything sorted and they were just popping up week by week. And I was like, oh God, I'm not the only one thinking of this. Um, and I kind of put it out on Instagram. I was like, so this is what I was going to do, but I'm not. And I was flooded with messages from people going, oh my God, no, keep going, do it, do it. Doesn't matter, just keep going. So I was like, okay, I'll just keep going. So I put a proper business plan into place and I fast forwarded it really quickly. And then I decided, do you know what, if everybody's doing this or lots of people are doing it, um, I don't want this just to be tabletops. I want this to yeah. be more about me. So I want it to be all the things basically that I love. So yeah. that's the LNH, it's my initials, um, my edit. So it's an edit of all my favorite things. So I do have a fashion range coming in. It's tiny um but it's very me I keep saying like anyone who asks me and who's your market I'm like me I don't think there's anybody else (laughs) there's no market research done here it's what I wear it's what I like it's um so yeah so that uh, we've had a lot of delays uh from that side of things which again is fine um uh part of my business plan was that I was just not going to get stressed about anything that goes wrong so there's been loads of them we've had millions of hurdles but it doesn't like it doesn't matter it's just me um and so we we've been contacted by a few people to make potentially start wholesaling and I'm like right now no, that's not in my plan because that's just going to add another, that's just going to add speed to this and pace to it. And that's not what I want. I don't want to be answerable to anybody. I've yeah. been there. I'm very much doing this um, and it's working. Like it, it, so far anyway, we're doing really well. Um, 
we're we're hitting all our targets and uh i haven't stressed out too much but um, I, know, I saw you're kind of when you were launching you're like right i'm off to hide in a cupboard now i'll be back in a couple of hours <laughs> and it's lost you know yeah. and how did you um one of the questions that came through was in terms of finding your suppliers and sourcing your suppliers because a lot of the a lot of the products are handmade hand printed um you know, artisan type products. So how did you find, without giving away maybe too many secrets, but how, how, you know, how did yeah. you find it? Like, so I suppose th I'm so grateful for um, all my years of experience. Um, and I suppose through all my years of, I dealt with factories, you know, through Fran and Jane and Primark, we dealt with factories, we dealt with agents, everything was mass production. Um, it was much bigger quantities. And so I suppose I knew what I didn't want. So I knew yep. where not to look and what not to do. Yep. Um, so I focused on that. Um, and I really wanted to deal with like artisans. I wanted to make it as, um, you know, using as many sustainable products and ethical, like all of that, by the way, is a minefield. So I just delved myself into it and uh, we've made one or two like mistakes. We're still learning. I like in an ideal world, when COVID's gone, I will be the first in the line at every trade show. And I think even though everyone's like, oh, isn't it great? We can do this and we can do that. I think to get to suppliers and to source product, we do need trade shows, you know, it like that. This is probably why this process for me has taken so long mm. because, you, you know, I'm like, we're, I'm zooming and FaceTiming suppliers, but they're all new. Um, so it's really difficult to build relationships like Nicole, you know, like the trade yeah. shows are there, you know, you, you see a stand and you're just like, that's me. That's where I'm at. Um, so that has definitely taken the longest like mm -hmm. that was months and months and months of investigating and just what every door that opened kind of led to somewhere else and I just started asking people like this is what I'm looking for would you have any idea or do you know and I'd find one fabric supplier maybe and I'd be like by any chance do you know and art like so it was kind of I was asking Word of mouth, yeah, recommendations and stuff, yeah. Recommendations, yeah, but it hasn't been easy and please and I think that's right, like you say, like you say with COVID, though, everything is taking that much longer and you're trying to have a Zoom meeting and you're in that Zoom meeting and you're like, no, 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 go back, that one in the corner, that, that, that's great, that's the one you want, or, you know what I mean, it just takes that bit longer, yeah. especially like you say when you're just starting out and it's something new and you're trying, like the relationship with the supplier is so important and you're trying to build that over Zoom, you know, yeah. and whereas... Yeah like with the factories and suppliers all they want to do is take you out and get to know you and that's where you build a relationship with the factories so easily is when they can take you out for a drink or a meal and they talk and you know with a lot of suppliers getting them you know they want to know about your family and all of that whereas when you're in a zoom you're yeah. like okay let's just talk business you know so it's yeah. a bit, it is a little yeah. bit harder and um yeah. so where do you see you know, the next 12 months for you now, where, where do you think, and I know that you want to take it steady, but where, where would you, in your pace, where would you like it to be? In my pace, just exactly where we are now. Like if I could just, um, like we've made one or two mistakes on little things, but, um, it, are you I able to share what they are Laura, in terms of those mistakes that one, you would. One or two mistakes just on, um, 
I suppose we one kind of issue with the supplier, um, but that's going to happen. I yeah. don't, you know. Um, so, uh, and then mistakes as in, I'm just trying to, they're not even actually mistakes, you know what? And I suppose I'm kind of learning from them, but it's just in relation to kind of product. Like we still sold it through, but it was maybe slower. Um, like probably wouldn't be buying back into them again. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I'm loving the idea of the, not being kind of stuck to tabletops and being able to diverse. And like, mm-hmm. if I see something else that I can chuck it in. Um, like you say, because it's your, your edit, isn't it? So it's whatever you, yeah. you know, it's a curated yeah. range of products from you, uh, which yeah. is great. So it can yeah. be anything. Yeah, um, I we found one really, uh, actually we've two really good uh, suppliers now. So in, in an ideal world, I'd love to get out to them and uh, I'd love to just spend time with them and just build on the collections and make it much easier for myself because uh, it's a bit mad now the way I'm doing it. But um, I, I'll get there. But in a year's time, I'd love to be doing exactly what I'm doing now, but just maybe a little bit more streamlined. I'm a bit kind of running from Billy to Jack at the moment, but mm-hmm. um, I'll get there. And do you think that you'll see yourself in the year that you might need to take on staff or do you want to run it? Do you feel that you'll just wait and see how it evolves? Yeah, no, I think uh, we're looking at taking on uh, somebody really soon, actually. So, okay. And I've handed over my social media to someone else, but I, I'm hoping this summer we're going to hire somebody. So that would be great. Wow. And from a, um, so at the moment when you launch, when you've got new ranges coming in, how is it planned? Do you have a new set coming in? Because I know that you do launches, but how was it planned like that, you know, in terms of the kind of the countdown yeah. to the launch or, you know? It's actually not really. So <laughs> like that uh, stuff, the stuff that I launched last week was actually supposed to be in when I uh, started, but it was just so, so delayed. So I just made a big hoo-ha out of it on Instagram and built it up as to be a new collection so it's just kind of working around uh like dealing with artisans as amazing as it is it's you don't really know what you're going to get when you're going to get it so um I'm basically working around them and and that actually is suiting me so it wouldn't suit me if I was as structured and if I was wholesaling and all the rest so that's why this is kind of working for me now no absolutely that's great and then and the wholesale like you say is something that can happen in two years a year if it's something that you want to if you want to go down but if you're if you're making the you know what you need to make selling a direct consumer yourselves and the prof and obviously that's more profitable as well and um what do you think for people what would you say were the main challenges um obviously we had covid but outside of kind of covid type issues what do you think have been the main challenges of the past year as you were setting it up i suppose it was little things uh the website was was quite difficult because my vision was I think my standards were quite high on what I wanted it to look like and I was always convinced that I needed like photo shoots for everything um and trying to get my head around that was kind of difficult but actually the process is I'm just shooting it myself uh, the mm-hmm. tabletop stuff obviously the fashion the fashion side I won't but um and it's worked I've kind of figured that out but that was a challenge to get the vision of the website up. That was a lot of work, like a lot of work, hours and hours and weeks and months. And oh my God, like thankfully my husband's quite techie, but between the 
uh, kind of technical with the website team that I had and my husband I think they were all ready to literally kill me um, and then I ran rings around uh, with the suppliers obviously it was very difficult to find as well I that was definitely experience that got me there in the end um, and to anyone setting up new I would nearly, oh God, I'd nearly wait until, if you don't have a supplier now, I'd nearly wait until shows start again, I think, before, like, if you've no experience, I would probably hold off. I don't, I think that, I don't know, I mean, it's your, you know, it's the experience that you've had. I think that um, I would just build in a lot more time because I think that it's, um, from a supplier point of view, because I think, yes, you can find them and, but um, it will take you more time because you can't see the samples. So you have to get the samples sent to you. You can't, you know what I mean? It might take you more time and money, but, you know, um, trade fairs, are start, there's fabric fairs that are starting in July um, in the UK. Um, there are, I would imagine by September, a lot of the, the other kind of main fairs would be, would be open. And a lot of fairs have now, they have had virtual events. So they have a lot of um their exhibitor lists. And yes, it's so different to being able to walk on a stand, touch something, feel something and have that conversation. But you still, you still can do it. It will just take you a much a lot longer. longer yeah, yeah, yeah you know. that's true. And the other thing I suppose I was doing was for a lot of our stuff, I was manufacturing every, I just, just my nature, manufacturing everything myself. So like placemats, everything, um, all the rattan stuff, and then I realized, actually, I can buy these in from another supplier. You know, yes. you don't have to, like, I didn't have to manufacture everything. So I suppose that was a bit of a challenge. And when I figured that out, that took the, a good bit of the pressure off. Like, at one stage, I was trying to find glass blowers. And I was like, I'm just taking this a step too far now. I need to, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably, that's probably a, a bit a bit of a stretch too far there. And just one of the questions yeah. that come in as well is that your suppliers are in... Um, where are your suppliers based? Are they Europe and Asia, or are they all over? Yeah. Yeah, so Europe and uh, Europe and Asia. Yeah, so a lot of our accessories, um, I'm I'm buying in through Europe now, which is great. And then all my uh, our fabrics, a lot of our all our fabrics that are block printed are all block printed by our sons in Jaipur. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, then yeah, mainly mainly from India. The linens are mainly from India. And what do the what do the obviously your your family and your children will have seen you. Um, with with Primark, I know they're quite young now, and um, but what do they think of of you know how do they feel now with you kind of having your own business going come from a because their earliest memories would have probably been of you as a full time mom in terms of their earliest yeah. maybe Elizabeth you know yeah. uh, maybe Elizabeth actually I don't think Elizabeth remembers my time um, working. Um, I think both of them just were three, both of them are three. Uh, I think they all uh, see me as a mum. So Elizabeth is obsessed. Like she thinks we now have a shop and she tells everybody about our shop. <laughs> and she, like I'd say her school are wondering what in God's name is going on. I'd say they think I like child labour going on. She keeps telling everybody how she's working in the shop at the weekend. Um, so, um, but it's good. I think it's really good yeah. for them to see, you know, and uh, Elizabeth actually asked me recently, she was like, why are you doing this? 
Um, so I told her I was doing it so that we could uh, go away on another big holiday. And she said so she's all over at night. She's yeah, like, okay, she's like, let's pack your bags, Mom, I'll help you. Yeah, yeah so I, I, don't, I don't think it was worth getting into her because Mom needs to do this for herself, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah she... Yeah, it's good. It's good. They love it. Well, I don't think they love it, but I don't, the boys haven't taken any notice. They don't have a notion what's going on. Like, but um, she's definitely into it, which no, concerns me. I'm like, no. No, well, she has, she has a definitely an amazing role model in having you as, as a mom. And um, oh, as, I suppose, lastly, um, for those that want to set up um, their own business and are thinking about it, what words of advice would you give to them? Uh, what words of advice? I would just make sure that, that, like, I need to take my own advice on this, but um, just don't sweat the small stuff, you know, mm. um, and definitely take it in your stride um, and just don't let it get on top of you, you know, try and enjoy it as much as you can, if you can. Um, and if it's not, yeah, if it's not working, like, don't be afraid. Like, I remember when I, because I, in between, in between Fran and Jane and uh, Primark, I did consulting for a while. And even though, uh, a styling, and even though I was doing well, I hated it. But I kept going because of pride. And mm -hmm. uh, I just didn't, you know, my name was quite reputable uh, from Fran and Jane for years. And I had too much pride to, not do and then I suppose even going into Primark was a big deal for me do you know going from creative director into Primark as a buyer I was it was a it was a tough move um mm -hmm. but it was the best move I ever made because uh I put my ego aside and uh my pride and I really enjoyed it and I think life really is for living and mm -hmm. enjoying it and if you can just set those fears and uh stresses aside and just just enjoy it i would say um that would be my biggest bit of advice well thank you very much and that is perfect advice to to finish our chat on and thank you so much laura for joining and i will hopefully chat to you again soon and good luck with everything it looks amazing enjoyed this episode and if you're interested in watching this instagram live any of my other live series with entrepreneurs and experts then head over to the Byron retail coach on instagram don't forget to subscribe to the podcast though so you don't miss out on any of the start scale succeed episodes and i'd love it if you could leave a review if you've enjoyed today's episode the links for lnh edit and my business the Byron retail coach are in the show notes see you next week